day. Packers game day. Packers getting set to take on the New York Giants, the New York football Giants. Up in the Meadowlands, don't forget tonight, coming up immediately following the game, the Green Gold postgame show. Yours truly will take you all the way to the bewitching hour of midnight tonight. Midnight tonight, we've got this one. So come on back here, and we'll talk about the game. And also, don't forget, coming up on uh, Tuesday night and then into Wednesday, uh, Tuesday going to be in uh, Viroqua uh, evening, not on the air, but doing some stuff around Viroqua. But then on Wednesday, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle live from the Norwegian Hollow. Hopefully you can come out and say hello to us. We're looking forward to that. We're going to be, again, in Viroqua on Wednesday of this week. So if you're in the area, whether you're up in La Crosse or Westby, uh, Kickapoo, um, you know, anywhere, anywhere in that area, come on by Coon Valley, come on by and say hi. We're uh, really, really, lo- always love, always love uh, heading out to Viroqua, very much so. Um, Adam Stenovich, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, he, a lot of questions about, you know, the process and about what, what has been the turnaround turnaround for Jordan Love and you know kind of processing you know the the you know the recognition of all of this and when did they kind of you know take the training wheels off of the offense as it's been stated more than a few times and Adam Stenovich went to the podium uh, and uh, he ended up talking a little bit about some of the things that they've been working on and, and where the switch was flipped here's Adam Stenovich talking to the media and Drake coming in quick, quickly. Yeah, um, what I've seen so far in practice has been good. Uh, he's got some juice. Uh, he's a veteran, so, you know, he, he can pick up on things pretty quickly. Uh, and he's kind of just jumped right in whenever he gets his chances. And, yeah, he's done a good job so far. Senator, what do you think of what uh, Malik has given you guys the last couple weeks in both, you know, the blocking aspect and yeah. also the pass catching aspect? Yeah, I think uh, – He's done a great job, and we we're kind of hoping he'd kind of turn into what he's turning into as far as, like you said, a blocking, more physical wide receiver, uh, strong hands, and just someone who can be kind of your utility guy. Uh, but, no, he's, he's great, great energy. Uh, he really works hard, and uh, I'm excited about him. I know you've been there before, but how do you replace Christian's presence as far as that stretching the field kind of guy? I mean, you can't go here. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, anytime he's not in the lineup, you lose that explosive, um, you know, threat that he is. And it's just going to be by committee, I think. We'll have to, you know, lean on the run a little bit more um, to set up some things down the field. I think it's going to give these other guys more opportunities to make some plays. And, you know, you've seen Wicks, you've seen Romeo, uh, Malik, all those guys, just uh, Jaden Reed. They they are capable of stepping up and, and filling that void. So... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how the game unfolds because there's a lot of different guys that can step up and make those plays, I think. Turnovers-wise, what have you seen from their group? It forced, like, I yeah. guess, in the last two games. In the last few games, uh, they've done a great job. Obviously, they've gotten some some picks, and they do a really good job punching the ball out. So we got to really stress that. We've been doing it all year, uh, stressing, you know, just protecting the ball and how important that is. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be no different this week. Uh, it, it always comes down to that. Steno, I know you don't operate this way, but uh, I've kind of, as you were going through your tough times offensively earlier in the year, I couldn't help but wonder how much better you'd been if you just had Aaron Jones, if it was just that simple, how much it would have helped. Um, now you definitely would have helped. <laughs> for sure. Right. So, you know, now you're doing, 
you're without him again, and you've had some, mm-hmm. a couple of pretty good games. Just how difficult has it been to not have a guy that, when you're you got so many young guys and they're learning on the fly and they've made a bunch of improvement, but when you have that kind of steady veteran and you don't yeah. have them, and not only that, just like his dynamic playing playmaking ability of, you know, obviously running the ball, but uh, in the pass game as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're lucky that we have AJ. Uh, he's done a really good job this last half of the season, just being our workhorse. Um, and he might not be flashy like Aaron Jones, but he's he's a guy you can just count on to come through, and he's done a good job with all that. So we're lucky to have him in the run game from that aspect. Uh, but yeah, it's just something you just gotta find other other ways, other guys to step up, you know, get Jaden involved, get some other guys involved, you know, just attacking the edges in different ways. So it just forces you to be more creative. Where, where is your confidence level as far as how is your confidence level progressed, I should say, as far as handling the blitz going back from the early season to obviously Kansas Chargers blitz you a bunch yeah. of Kansas City and you're gonna face it again on Yeah, I mean we're gonna get tested again. Um, Wink's got his plethora of bliss packages. They do, they do a great job, just like Spags does. Um, so it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be obviously a road environment, so we'll kind of see how that atmosphere is. Um, but we've faced a lot of teams kind of like this this year. Um, you know, on down, there's, there's been a bunch this season that kind of will bring their all-out pressures at any minute. So it's been good for us just kind of training the guys into that and uh it's been really good for jordan of just different answers that he can get into um whether it's protection or working different routes down the field so you know it's it's yeah it'll just be good it's good for all of them just to kind of keep progressing and keep communicating and and seeing different things the giants are coming off their bye week opportunity to dial up some new looks yeah. for you guys is there anything preemptively you can do or is it just hold on and then adjust in the game? Yeah, I think it's, you know, you, you go back and you look and you just say, all right, this, this is the stuff they've done in the past. You know, whatever packages they have had, different change-ups they may have had. So you, you kind of watch all those and just have a plan for each one and, okay, if they're going this direction, here's our answer. Uh, just kind of one of those things to just kind of be prepared to, for a multitude of different things. The one thing you don't want to do is put too much on the players' plates and get them worried about everything. Just let them go out there and play fast, and then you as a coach can get them right uh, as the game goes on. How much can you put on Patrick Taylor's plate in terms of pass protection in all situations? Oh, he does a great job. Yeah, he's, he does as good as any back. Um, yeah, he's, he, he does a great job in pass protection for sure. Stanley, you were talking about the blitz with Bill's question earlier. What um. How, how have things evolved with Jordan at the line of scrimmage? It looked like, at least in terms of the ones that we can see, yep. it was probably the highest number that I've seen in a game. Oh, yeah. there's, it's It's been good. Um, and you, you kind of always want – you don't always want to be live in that world, you know what I mean, where you're checking because that's where you can get fooled by defenses. And the Chiefs got us a few times uh, where, you know, he thought it was one thing and it, it wasn't. So that's one thing you always have to be careful of with that. But – I knew coming into the season Jordan would be able to handle that mentally. And then it was just a matter of him seeing the looks, seeing the coverages, whatever it may be, um, and just getting that experience. But as we've gone on to the season, um, he has done a really, really good job of diagnosing defenses, seeing things, um, and for the most part, getting us into the right plays for sure. Is, is the, the guy, you know, you guys always talk about the other 10 guys matter too, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
that was your thought process and Matt's thought process if he's making a lot of changes early on in the, in the season at the line of scrimmage? That's just one more thing that these yes. young guys are already struggling with. 100%. Yeah, that was one of those things you, you got to worry about early with guys that don't have a lot of experience where you're, again, putting too much on their plate, making them think too much, and now they're not just going out there and playing fast. Because a lot of times, even if you may not be in the right play, as long as everyone's on the same page and they're all going 100 miles an hour, uh, a lot of times good things can still happen. So that's one thing. You know, as we keep going, I think you know we'll be able to do a little bit more every week. So now we got a play um, Sunday night where Myers pulls out and goes left. Sims was lined up as the left tight end, but you ended up having like a six-man pass protection. I think it was a pass mm -hmm. play. Yeah. Is that just some sort of a disguise or something? Or? It's it's one of those things you, you use to kind of ensure any backside edge pressure outside of Ben. So if they bring you know whoever outside, it's kind of a check the front side if you're good. Then you peel back and work the backside to make sure the quarterback doesn't get hit. Is something changed in the thought process on the left tackle rotation? Yeah, last game was kind of a weird game just because of the lack of possessions. You know, we only had three in the first half. So it was just like one of those things where you don't really want to sub a guy out in the middle of a drive, you know? So just like as the game went on, First half, you only had three, and then I think we only had seven possessions the entire game. So it was just as, as we got into the second half, um, I think we just kind of wanted to stick with the guys who had been playing more uh, in the game. So, yeah, that was kind of a weird game as far as that's concerned. There you go. That's Adam Stenovich, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, kind of giving you the lowdown, saying, look, uh, you know, they've, they've thrown some blitzes at him. They've done some things to where there's recognition, but also when he gets into the discussion about, you know, some of the guys and the growth that they've had, you talk about guys like Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed coming on, uh, you know, the loss, obviously not having Christian Watson on the field coming up later on this evening. Um, you know, uh, th and by the way, uh, this is from Christopher <clears throat> who says for all the people a couple of weeks ago that were saying we owe Christian Watson's family an apology. Um, he said, now here's the justification yet again when he cannot make yet another game. It was not the fact that he couldn't catch the football and he had a case of the drops, but it's also the fact that he is a China doll and breaks quite often. Regardless of what you want to label it, it's since coming into the league, he has had a problem staying on the field. Just, I, you know, some guys just are prone to certain types of injuries. But I regardless of apologies or non-apologies or whatever, who cares? The bottom line is you got a wide receiver who doesn't have the ability to stay on the field consistently. And, you know, the, I think, Grant, you said last week, and you brought it up, and you said, you know, the old cliche is the best ability is availability. And he just hasn't been available. He's, again, down yet again. And then it's going to take him, depending on how long it takes him to come back, and hopefully it's down the stretch. But, you know, again, he's got to he's got to be here to make plays, or it just, it just doesn't pay to have a guy like that on the roster because he's so unpredictable when it comes to the availability issue. Yeah, and don't bring us into the whole family thing. If if some of you out there are tweeting back and forth with Christian Watson's family about this and that, that's your own thing. Don't say that right. we all need to apologize. I don't tweet it. We're not tweeting at athletes' families. That's that's weird. No, don't, don't drag us into that. 
No, I, I completely agree. And I don't think necessarily it was like pointed at us, but it's like we're supposed to deliver the message that all of a totally. sudden everybody that was after, you know, the family when his, you know, I guess it was his father had said some things about, you know, the positivity of his son rather than some of the negative comments that were floating around out there. It's like, look, the only way to, first of all, it it's, I don't know any family member that's ever tweeted in defense of somebody that's ever gained sympathy. Secondly, when it comes to all of that, it's like, look, if you really want the tweets to stop, go out and execute. Go out and catch the football. Go out and be available. Go out and, you know, kind of do the things that you're being somewhat paid to do. Now, he's still trying to earn that first big contract. But I'll tell you this, at this rate, he's not going to – he'll get based upon what some projections could be. But the one thing that's detrimental to him right now, if he's going into any contract negotiation later on down the road, not that it's coming anytime soon, but the next two years of his, his rookie deal – He's got to be available. He's got to be available. He's got to show the speed. He's got to show better hands. He doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer, but he's got to be available if he's going to make any kind of money. And it, he's just not available. And then when he is available, he's got to be completely healthy, and he's got to produce. You know, uh, as Ryan says, it makes it reality uh, hard to run your uh, offense through him when he's never available because of the injury factor. Cheddarball says whenever Watson makes a good play, he gets hurt. He's Mr. Glass. Uh, Michael says, "Rub some dirt, rub some dirt on it." So anyway, David says, "The Watson, or the uh, yeah, the Watson family needs to get over themselves. Who the hell cares what they think right now?" And uh, then uh, there we go. Then uh, via email, this is from uh, Jake. Jake says, uh, "Christian Watson's biggest problem is his own ego. He can't think that he can outrun everybody, but yet every time he does, he ends up pulling a hamstring. The hamstring issues become problematic over time, and you can't really take care of them other than long-term rest." And every, every time he does finally get some long-term rest, he comes into camp, he hurts the hamstring, and then it's problematic all season long. It's two years in a row now. It's something that he dealt with in college. I think it's going to hinder him here on down the road, much like it did Clay Matthews each and every year. There you go. Hamstrings, in reality, they're hard to heal. They're, they just, they're very difficult to get back to 100%, and you just kind of play with it. But I agree. I mean, you, you can pound on it all you want. When he's in there and he's healthy, he's productive. When he's not or he's ailing, he's not. And it, it can become detrimental because if you start to build your offense around his ability to stretch the field, and more often than not he's not there, then it becomes uh, a hindrance to the offense itself. It's almost a guy that you just want to say, hey, if he's here, it's icing on the cake. If he's not, then we just move on. We're, you know, we don't have him really a, a focus of the offense at all. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us? Please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. It is Packers game day. Packers taking on the Giants. They are in the Meadowlands coming up a little bit, little bit later on this evening. This portion of the program brought to you by every plumbing and heating serving on La Crosse and Trempolo County, Vernon County, Monroe County. They do everything from water heaters, water softening installations. They can do some renovations for you. They can run uh, heat through the floors. They can also add heat into your garage. But if you're looking at this time of year specifically for a checkup on your furnace or your boiler, those are the people to call as well. And if you are a licensed plumber or electrician as well, they are looking to hire 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. That's every plumbing and heating out in La Crosse. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh! 
ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Packers on the road tonight. They're in New York. The Giants' defense. The Giants' defense. Uh, they have uh, had six picks in the last two games. Now Jordan Love, don't forget, has not thrown an interception during the three-game win streak, and the Giants' defense in the last two have been very opportunistic. So another really good test for Jordan Love in this offense. In the meantime, the defense needing to come out strong against the run, something they have not done very well all season long to kind of try to shut down Saquon Barkley. And, you know, again, going back to the bend but don't break um, mentality, you're probably going to give up some yards, but just keep him out of the end zone and don't let that guy beat you. You know, don't let that guy beat you. Here's the other thing, and I, if you want to take it a step further, uh, oh, by the way, Mike says there's still tickets available for the Giants game tonight starting at 37 bucks. I think New York fans have pretty much given up. I was so wrong before the season I picked the Giants as a playoff team. See, I, I thought it would be Philadelphia and Dallas only for the fact that I still did not have a ton of belief in Daniel Jones. Still did not have a ton of a belief in Daniel Jones, and I think we've been kind of proven right in that sense. But... Daniel Jones, not uh, not great. And then obviously going down with the injury, and he's pretty much done for the season. But going back to the question at the beginning, uh, towards the beginning of the show, uh, our guy in Brookfield brought up and basically said, look, one, do you think this is a trap game? And it's hard to be it, – it, it, on one hand, I can look at it and say, you know what, you're coming off of the Lions win – and now, which the Lions win, how big of a win was that? That was a huge win on Thanksgiving Day, right? Huge win. And now you look at it and go, man, they just lost to the Bears in Chicago. And it wasn't like they lost. I mean, they got beat up. The Bears just whooped them, you know? So how big of a win was that? Well, then you take it the next week, and then you beat Kansas City. And then you got to go, okay, they're real. They're real. And maybe, just maybe, you started the derailment process of the Lions. 
So the next question becomes, do you think is as much as the last few weeks, the three-game win streak, four of the, uh, three of the last four, four of the last five, okay, as much as you think that this team, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something that's starting to happen in a really positive way. If they go into the Meadowlands tonight, slow down but not stop the run, slow down the run and still walk away with a win and maybe a handsome win, do you then start to think to yourself, this team's going to win the division. They're going to come from behind and win the division. Now, some things have to go right, obviously, because the Lions have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. There's still the Vikings to contend with who have the Lions twice and the Packers once. But do you start to look over that fence and go, do we dare to dream to think that this team, this Packers team that is slowly growing and morphing right before our very eyes, is a team that could win the division? Well, Because, Grant, do you think the Lions go go back to being the same old Lions? Well, I, I think they're slowing down. The thing is, the Packers are on the upswing and everybody else is on the downswing, right? Other than maybe the Bears, yeah. but the Bears are so far out of it right all they can really do is play spoiler the thing is that that would make me wonder about the lions they don't have any outdoor games left they're only inside right at ford field at u.s bank right they don't have to play again outdoors and i honestly think that's been one of their biggest problems last few weeks i don't think jared goff can play when it's cold outside he's got tiny hands i just don't think it works so the fact that they're going to play a lot of their games remaining or all their games remaining inside that that makes me struggle to think the packers could catch them yeah, um, you know, next week you got the Vikings on the road in Cincinnati. And don't get me wrong, you know, because Browning is certainly not going to replace Joe Burrow, but Browning all of a sudden looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, and the Vikings, like quarterback. The, the Vikings are now playing Nick Mullins. They do not have a quarterback. They do not have an NFL quarterback for the rest of the season. I like their team, and Justin Jefferson left with a chest injury yesterday. Yeah. So while I think the Vikings have actually done some really good things and their coaches are doing a great job, they don't have a quarterback and they might be without their best player moving forward. So it's not like they're trending in the right direction. So next week in the division, you got, uh, you know, short of the Bears because the Bears are in Cleveland and taking on the Browns. But you got Denver going to Detroit and Denver, we all know, is is like really dramatically turned things around after starting one and five. They've gone six and one. And then you've got Tampa Bay coming to town, uh, to Green Bay. Now, you know, depending on what happens tonight, you would assume that the Packers are going to be favored in that contest. So you've got the Vikings on the road taking on Cincinnati, and I think that's a toss-up. You've got the Denver Broncos going into, into Detroit, kind of a toss-up, and the Packers should get a win against Tampa Bay. The following week after that, and again, by the way, after this week, we're done with buys. The following week, you've got uh, the Lions and the Vikings play one another, and the Packers, don't forget, are on the road taking on the, at this point in time, the 1-12 in Carolina Panthers. So you got to think the Packers could have a couple of wins under their belt, if not three by the time this whole thing culminates. And then you got the next week where Saturday, we go to those Saturday games, don't forget, where you got the Lions on the road taking on right now who appear to be one of the top-notch teams in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys. You've got the Minnesota Vikings uh, and the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. That's the Sunday night, December 31st game, the New Year's Eve game. Packers are on the road in Minnesota. That's kind of a, a somewhat of a coin flip, I would assume, uh, before the Packers host the, uh, the Chicago Bears for the last game of the season. And then that last game of the season, which could have the division riding on it, where the Lions welcome in the Vikings. So things – the next – Four weeks, 
I'm excited about the next four weeks. By the way, uh, this is, like I mentioned, this is the last week with teams on a bye. The only two teams that did not play this weekend are the Cardinals and uh, the Washington Commanders. Everybody else was in action. And then starting next week, you've got – oh, by the way, starting next week, you got Thursday night football in a terrible game, which I'm sure, again, Al Michaels is rolling his eyes at, as the Chargers – and how Staley still has a job, I have no idea. The Chargers are playing the Raiders. That's Thursday night. Sunday – or, excuse me, Saturday now, this coming Saturday – I had mentioned the Vikings on the road taking on Cincinnati. That is the noon game on Saturday. And then you've got the 3.30 game on Saturday. Uh, you've got uh, the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, the Pittsburgh on the road taking on the Colts. And the Saturday night game is the Lions, the Broncos and the Lions. So the Packers will have a really good handle on things by the time noon rolls around on Sunday, this next Sunday, uh, as the Buccaneers come to town. So – we start Saturday football this weekend, too, so I'm excited about that. Uh, let's do this. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. More stuff happening we is, uh, right here on a Green and Gold Monday as we get ready for the Packers and the Giants coming up later on tonight in the Meadowlands. And don't forget the Green and Gold postgame show airs immediately, immediately following the game tonight all the way up until midnight. We're going to give you all the reaction, all the thoughts, Mike Clemens and such, interviews, postgame interviews, all coming up a little bit later on tonight, the Green and Gold postgame show live immediately following every Packers game. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Terrific people at JNL Tire and Service Center. I'll give you a quick story. I was out there over the weekend, and Lyle brought me into their back room. They spent eight thousand uh, dollars to buy toys for needy kids and needy families in the area, and then bought gift cards for some of those same families. Um, you talk. I always say they're very philanthropic and they give back in the community and never ever ceases to amaze me at what Lyle does and and he owns both places uh, the one in Watertown and the one in Johnson Creek but J&L Tire and Service Center and whether it's going in there for just tires or an oil change or whether you're a big rig driver or you're driving around the minivan doesn't matter because they work on everything they have facilities for everything and they go, they truly give back to the community what a great great group of people this whole back cafeteria that they have in their in their shop is stuffed to the brim with toys for kids. It's it's amazing, and they just they're so proud of the work they do, but they do it very quietly, non and very humbly. And uh, but I I just told Lyle I said man I got to talk about this because it's just amazing, just amazing. So good stuff from our friends at J and L Tire and Service Center, and kudos to them. And I talk about great people and trustworthy people. That's a place you would want to go if you need to get your vehicle worked on, whether it's in Watertown or all the way from Madison or all the way from in the Milwaukee, Waukesha area, and everywhere in between. Head on out to Johnson Creek. They're great people. 877-867-1670, The uh, Wolfman, or excuse me, Mike says, at the beginning of the season, all that I was looking for was steady improvement and growth. And now they said, amen, but anybody looking forward to just enjoying the game tonight, seeing if this young team can keep improving. I think 
Yes. But I also think at this point now there's expectations. I think you would be wrong not to have expectations. Grant, should we – I mean, we want to enjoy the game. We want to see growth. But now that there's the carrot of postseason being dangled out there, now that we're starting to see the Lions become, quote, the same old Lions, is there not a legitimate reason for expectation? Oh, tonight for sure. Yeah, I think big picture, expecting this team to win every single game the rest of the year, that's a bit rich for me. I think they lose once or twice, and they can lose once or twice and still be okay for the playoffs. But tonight, I mean, this is a game, yeah, it's totally fair to expect them to win. And it's in prime time. It's nationally televised. We want our team to look good. I I will push back a little bit on the idea that it's a trap game because I think for it to be a trap game, the Packers have to be a good or very good team. And I don't think they are yet. Right. I think they're a young team that's finding themselves and they might stub their toe, but I don't think that the chiefs have trap games, right? The Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, they have trap games. The Packers, they just lose because they're young and they don't know any better yet. And I think there's a difference. I, yeah, I don't know if I, the only way you can look at it as a quote trap game is if you think, well, one, we've seen them be two really good teams and the, the trap game would come, because the Packers geared up for it. You know, you start playing better football. You start kind of feeling it. Guys are meeting, and the receivers are meeting, and they're hanging out both on and off the field, and they're getting the job done. And all of a sudden they go in and they shock the world on Thanksgiving in front of one of the largest crowds or in front of one of the largest viewing audiences ever to watch that game in a long, long time. And they walk away with a good, hard-fought win. And then people say, well, maybe the Lions are the Lions, but, you know, now you've got the defending champs coming to town, and you punch them in the mouth, and you get a win there. And now people are thinking, well, wait a minute. And if you go on national TV again, in back-to-back-to-back weeks again, and let's just say they dominate. Let's just say for S's and giggles, they dominate dominate tonight i think expectations are a natural assumption but as far as the trap game go after you just won two specific games that you weren't supposed to win and this one you are supposed to win now you that 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 can be considered a trap game after beating two really good teams you put yourself in the playoff picture and now you've got the new york giants who are not a very good football team playing a backup quarterback and such they've had a lot of controversy this year And now you can say, well, maybe that would be a trap game because of the circumstances. But I agree with you. I think this team, if this team is so young, because everybody likes to talk about that, I'm not going to. There's enough veterans on this team to say, don't read the press clippings. You haven't won anything yet. Matt LaFleur has been there, done that, saying you haven't won anything yet. Some of the guys that are on this team, no. Going to a college football playoff, you haven't won anything yet until you've actually earned it. And so I don't think you can consider this a trap game, and there's no way in hell they're looking past this game towards anything. You know, maybe towards coming back home, you know, but beyond that, no. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's a trap game at all. Not at all. 877-867-1670. I do believe, I do believe uh, that you've got the ability to win the division, but that's another time. You know, if they win this game tonight, I think then seriously the ball begins to roll downhill on that. We start really kind of gaining momentum. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's say, let's go to Jose. Jose, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Good afternoon, Bill. Uh, Jose from Miami, Florida calling. Oh, great. Great to hear from you. It's got to be warmer down there, right? Much warmer. (laughs) Envious. Okay. What's up? 
Anyway, Bill, I wanted to ask you, uh, actually as a follow-up, uh, I read somewhere where Gary Ellerson was quoted as saying that Jarier Alexander wants out of Green Bay. Could that be true? I mean, is there any credibility to this story? Uh, well, I, Gary knows people. I know that. So I can, you know, uh, I can say that Gary has some insight there to that. But as far as Jair wanting out, uh, if he wanted out, then why in the hell would he have signed the contract? Right? Yes. I mean, that's to me, if but, he wanted out, he could have probably parlayed himself into something else outside of the Green Bay Packers organization. I, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt Gary. Uh, but if he says that somebody inside said it, then I, I would believe it. But I don't I, – I just – Jair has not been healthy enough to play because of some of the things that have happened behind closed doors in the practice and such. And, and we'll have Mike Clemens on here in the last hour of the program, and I'll get, get Mike's opinion on this. But I just – I can't believe that Jair would want out unless, of course, he just has absolutely positively had it with Joe Barry, that Joe Barry is not utilizing him in the way the feel that he maybe personally he feels frustrated with the way he's being used because they do play a lot of zone type of coverage and he hasn't always been man up but you you know you can't feel bad about anything right now if all you are is banged up and you're not available you know what i mean understand yeah appreciate it man thanks for the phone call that's an interesting concept i have not heard that i have not heard that yeah i saw um I saw the clip, but well, I'll pull the clip up. It's from a competing show, I guess. He's on with Homer, so he. I mean, Jose. Oh, okay. Jose basically spoke to the the gist of it. Gary was saying that Jair doesn't want to be in Green Bay, or it would seem that way. I don't think Gary has anything sourced. I think Gary was just bsing and reacting like sometimes we do, and it yeah. caught on, and everybody saw it and blew it up on social media. I, you know, here's the thing. I. If, if and, I, and I hate to say it this way, because, look, I know Gary. I worked with Gary a long time. Gary, there are people that Gary will know in the organization, and they'll talk somewhat off the cuff. And I've seen Gary up in, you know, the press box and such numerous times, and it's not like he's not there. Um, I just, I, I don't know. There were times where he would tell me things, and I'd say, you know, he'd tell me where he got it. You know, who said what? And sure enough, it became true. Um, again, could I believe that Jair would want out? Sure, I could, because I know there was a level of frustration which the, of the way in which he was being used. He wanted to be the man. He wanted to go after guys, and he's not having his best season this year, obviously, between the injuries, and he, he did get picked on quite a bit. But I can see him saying, hey, I don't want to be part of the Joe, Joe Barry defense, but I don't know necessarily that just out of Green Bay in general. I, I don't know. I'd have, to, I'd have to ask Gary, and maybe we'll ask Mike a little bit about it, and when we get Mike on coming up here in just a little bit. So let's do this. We'll break. We'll come back. Don't forget Mike Clemens about a half an hour away. He'll take us the rest of the way in this Packers game day, and uh, we'll get a lot more into that. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. 
That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends Show we continue on. Mike Clemens coming up here in about 20 minutes. Stay right where you're at. We'll get into that. And just kind of following up on um, the phone call before we went to break. Um, Jose in Florida, who uh, called up and said that, uh, you know, the rumor is that Jair Alexander, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Jair doesn't want to be here. Doesn't want to be here. It, Jair was also the guy that was standing at the locker last week with the championship belt, the glasses, the whole the thing, saying that, you know, look, I'm not a prophet. I said we'd win out. Now, they've lost one game, but since then they've pretty much gained momentum, and they're playing winning football. And then when he was specifically asked about all of this, he said that, hey, if I can play, I'm going to play. Now, you know, what is and isn't said and things behind closed doors and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't honestly tell you. But the thought is that, you know, if, if you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know because people say, well, the coaches don't even mention him. Well, they do if he's going to play. He does, he does fall on the injury list. He do, I mean, I don't – you don't find out a lot about the injury behind closed doors, but he was available. He was available to talk to the media, and I, I didn't get the sense from Wednesday's or Thursday's presser that he is not either available or doesn't want to be here. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, the only thing that I could tell you is that there have been times where he's wanted to be he, he's wanted to be like Rebus Island, and he's wanted to be out and about and, and doing his own thing, and he and Joe Barry haven't necessarily seen eye to eye. But beyond that, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't honestly tell you. Jair's an oddball. He's an oddball yep. when he's healthy and playing well. He's an oddball when he's – he's always an oddball. So I'm trying not to read too much into the the glasses and, and the belts. I, I went back and forth with someone on Twitter about this on Friday, Bill. He was like, is Jair sitting out because he doesn't want to get hurt and he doesn't know he's not going to be here next year? NFL players don't sit out. These seasons are only 17 games long. Right. These guys don't casually – the NBA, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the NBA, of course, yeah. Guys will miss a game because they're too hungover, and oh, my ankle hurts. The NFL is different. I We, we got to stop thinking there's some deep state conspiracy when a guy misses a game. I, I would imagine I'd, I'd bet my bottom dollar he's just hurt, and he can't go. Right, right. No, I'd, I'd go along with that. Now, don't forget, uh, next year, the the cap the dead cap money, if you cut him, would be $27.4 million. Uh, so you're not going to cut him next year. The year after that, you could, if you decided to do that, you would gain $2 million. Or it would be at least more feasible if you wanted to. 
Uh, or no, you would lose two million bucks, but then you'd be done with that 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 cap hit. You would owe him nineteen million. I don't. I just. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's it. I mean, just my opinion. I, I just. I. I don't think that's it. I. I think he's. He's just beat up. He's when he's played and played well. I mean, you go back to the game that he had against Justin Jefferson last year and getting the pick and doing the gritty and you know people were like all on the bandwagon. He just has not played well this year. He's been nicked up and I unless something else comes of it, somebody comes out of the woodwork to say no, he's he's completely unhappy. I my assumption is he's going to be here. He's a good corner at, in his prime. He, Why wouldn't yeah. they want him back? He's a pro bowl. I mean, when he's healthy, he's a pro bowl yes. corner. Yes. Yes. And I know and he Valentine a lot of attitude. Valentine and Valentine have been good. But they've been playing, you know, bonehead Kadarius Tony and no hands MVS the last couple weeks. Like, let's see what these guys do against if they play the Vikings, if Justin Jefferson plays or um, right. their rookie Jordan Addison. Like, you need good football players. I'm not in the business of paying uh, Jair Alexander to go play somewhere else. Yep. Nope. I, I completely get it. It didn't. It, now, tell me, if, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't David Bakhtiari fire back, you said? Well, in this clip, uh, Gary Ellerson, he called it the Bakhtiari effect that Jair's not playing. So now David Bakhtiari's tweeting back at Gary Ellerson. I don't need my professional athletes tweeting at local right. radio. And I, I like Gary. I listened to his show before. He's been around a long time. But we don't need to be going back and forth on Twitter. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, and again, like I said, I don't know because I haven't sat down and talked to Gary. I don't know if there's a source there or if this is just maybe the opinion. You know, so I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, but I do think that right now, as far as what Matt LaFleur – and here's the other thing. You don't want, one, this to become a distraction because all of a sudden now everybody starts asking around, going, hey, do you think Jair wants to be here? Because that's a question that nobody wants to sit down and talk about. You don't want to answer for other people. You know, that's first and foremost. Secondly, now Matt LaFleur has to worry about, you know, uh, the possibility of somebody in the locker room saying something. Did somebody say something? Didn't they say something? Who – who let something out of school? Is there any truth to this? He's got to go to Jair, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and it's 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 a lot of, of tough energy. You know, now you got to figure it out. So, But if it came from somewhere inside 1265, then I think it's something that has to be has to be discussed. But if it didn't and it's more of just a, hey, this is my thought, well, then clearly you've, you've poked a nerve somewhere because if you're getting responses from Bakhtiari and inside the locker room, then... Clearly, people are uh, up, somewhat up in arms about it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Justin says, if this is a trap game, there's no way in hell a young team like the Green Bay Packers would see it coming. Let me pause right there, and this is the reason I wanted to stop in this, this email. It's a young team via age. They are, again, I... I, it's like we use the, the, the youth thing as, as this crutch. You know, Jordan Love, he's not a rookie, as the New York Post indicated. He's been around three years, okay? He's, not, he's only rookie in experience, but beyond that, he's been around three years. It's not like he's suddenly going to hit a wall because he doesn't understand the rigors of a 17-game season and an 18-week season plus playoffs, okay? It, it's not it. And when you talk about the trap game and the youth and inexperience, look, you've got enough veterans on this team that are around this team, that know this team, that can say, guys, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. You know, you, you haven't won a damn thing yet. Right now, still, you're nothing more than a team that 
some people look at it as getting lucky a couple of weeks in a row, and if it wasn't for a pa- non-pass interference call, you wouldn't even be in this shape. So just, you know, stop. And they would be right. So, no, I can't look at this as a trap game. Pete says Aaron Jones has missed most of the season, but when they talk about him, they glow about what a great person and what a leader he is and how valuable he is. That's not the case when they talk about 23. I don't think he's the same leader. I, I just don't. I don't think he's the same leader. First of all, he has not had a really terrific season, but I don't think he's the same type of leader as Aaron Jones is. And Jair is still, you know, younger guy. He's on the rookie deal. He's, he's, he just is. Or no, he's on the secondary deal because he got all that money. He got paid. Jair is still, uh, he's just not one of those guys. and He can't. Aaron Jones has led on and off the field. By example, he's been around. He's actually taken less money to stay here. He he wants he kind of embodies what a quote Packer should be, right? Whereas Jair, he lives on an island, he's flamboyant, he can be cocky even after a terrible play. He, you know, has has been really good and really bad. And for whatever reason, he has not become a face of that defense, even though and partly because he's missed quite a bit of time, but he's not highlighted the same way. And and I you're right, I can't make a I can't make a total comparison. They're just different people. I mean, some people really like Aaron Jones because he's the yes, sir, no, sir. He's the military guy. Jair Alexander is standing up there not even playing with a championship belt over his shoulder. You know, so I guess it's just two different personalities, whether you care for him or you don't. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We got another hour of the Bill Michael Show. Mike Clemens right around the corner on this Green and Gold Monday. Getting you ready for Packers and Giants coming up tonight. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.